If uh, the, the aliens like manufactured you to be uh, a nah. mixed martial arts fighter, they're like, let's see if we could just turn. This I'm sure. Into would, a bad it, I'm sure if it would have happened, I would have been much better than than, than this. Much know? better than this. You're the fucking champion. What are yeah, you talking but about? if I would be alien manufacturer, I would be a <laughs> Superman. You know. gentlemen boys girls aliens martians any conscious being tuning into the podcast i welcome you to episode 23 of martian mixed martial arts this week we are going to be previewing the ufc card going down in singapore on june 23rd saturday morning uh, eastern standard time and we're also going to be talking about the uh, dana white's tuesday night contender series season two that we talked about on the last episode episode 22 of martian mma and we are also going to be talking about the tuesday night contender series that happened last night uh, that was the second episode and uh, there are also some uh, professional fight league uh, fights happening tomorrow night and uh, there's some good fights going on there, so we're going to be talking about them too. But to start things off, we're going to be talking about the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series, Episode 1, um, the fights that we previewed last episode. So uh, given that these guys were from the Contender Series, they don't have too much experience and you know tape to watch on their fights, but... They still had a little bit of star power on the card with uh, Greg Jackson, uh, excuse me, Greg Hardy uh, being the star power that everyone was sort of tuning in to see. But uh, the rest of the fights sort of delivered as well. First fight, we had uh, Kevin Holland defeat Will Santiago by decision. Kevin Holland uh, looked pretty pretty good in this fight, but n nothing too impressive. He was talking uh, an immense amount during this fight. It was kind of weird how much he was talking to the guy, considering it's in a small arena with uh, 100 people and basically the size of like, a high school basketball gym, and he's talking like to the talking shit to the guy the entire time. Not necessarily too uh, profane or anything like that. He was kind of just, I don't even know what he was saying. But this uh, Will Santiago guy, even though he was about six inches sh shorter than Holland, he was able to rock him a few times, but not really uh, get much going out uh, outside of that. Uh, Holland was a gigantic, gigantic favorite, like minus seven hundred or something like that. So uh, honestly, it was a uh, kind of a uh, kind of a good uh, little bit of a stab if you minus nine hundred. So a little bit of a good stab if you took Santiago plus six hundred, given the fact that he did uh, rock Holland a few times. In the next fight, we have Montel Jackson uh, knock out Rico Disculio uh, in the third round of this uh, fight. He was kind of controlling the fight pretty uh, decisively and ended up uh, chasing the finish in the third round for a pretty pretty impressive performance. Um, Greg Hardy was the man everyone who was tuning in to see uh, defeated Austin Lane in the first round by knockout. Really impressive. Uh, uh, he rocked him with a, a left hand, a left hook, I want to say. Uh, bounced out of the pocket and then picked his shot for uh, uh, the final uh, the final blow that landed the knockout. So um, pretty impressive performance from Greg Hardy. I mean, you know, he was uh, that was kind of the guy that everyone was tuning in to see. Uh, Dana kind of you know fast tracked him to the contender series. This is his first pro fight, and now he's fast tracking him to the UFC because you know he carries a little star power. But so, you know, can't really knock the business move from uh, Uncle Dana. But um, you know, uh, interesting uh, what his next move will be. You know, whether he jumps in the UFC right away or does. Uh, I don't even know what else he would do. Um, like you know we'll just see what what level of competition they give him it'll be interesting uh chris curtis defeated sean kelly with a hook kick and a barrage of punches to finish it up in the third round great performance by chris curtis um dude was controlling this fight uh, on, on the feet the entire fight and uh, 
he landed this beautiful hook kick that uh, really rocked Sean Lally, and he f- followed it up with some ground and pound to score the knockout. Somehow, somehow didn't get signed uh, for a contract. Um, really disappointing, honestly. But, you know, life goes on. I believe he actually broke his hand in this fight and uh, said that he's going to retire, unfortunately. So, could be a drastic statement after a loss or it could be for real um so let's hope that uh he continues fighting and maybe gets an lfa or some other uh promotion like bellator and is able to uh rack up a few more wins and get another shot at the ufc because he's pretty ufc caliber uh let me uh check out his record real quick uh 19 and 5 so really disappointing he didn't get signed but Hopefully, uh, he continues fighting. Uh, main event, we had Alonzo Menafield uh, knock out Deshaun Boatwright uh, eight seconds into the fight. I, I was going to say this one was short, 30 seconds. It was actually eight seconds. Um, I don't even remember. Like, the first punch that landed, the first punch he threw just crumpled him. And, like, there was a... He wasn't really out right away, but then he landed some really nasty ground and pound and finished him off. So Dana White gave him a contract, Alonzo Menafield, and gave Greg Hardy a contract. Unfortunately... Um, a couple of the other gentlemen who had good performances did not get signed. But uh, that's the way as a contender series goes. And to continue along with the contender series, we're going to talk about episode 2 that happened uh, last night, June 19th, 2018. This card was amazing. Uh, I didn't watch it live, so it made it even uh, better. Uh, I mean, these things, you can... You can breeze through them in 30 minutes when you're fast forwarding and skipping your, uh the pre-fight um you know commercials and everything like that uh they're not even commercials just hype videos for these guys not really too uh exciting so um uh in the first fight we had dwight grant defeat tyler hill in the second round um he uh I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember uh, if this was super impressive or not. I can't. Man. Oh yeah, I remember what it was. Okay. So uh, this guy, uh, he's uh, an AKA guy, Dwight Grant. He was fighting uh, Rant, uh, extreme couture guy Tyler Hill, and they were uh, kind of critique. Bisping was kind of critiquing Dwight Grant um, on saying what he should be doing wrong, what what she, he should be doing better, and whatnot. He was saying, yeah, that that first uh, straight right is landing, but he needs to follow it up with another shot, and he's not doing that. So he would keep landing a straight right, and it would kind of hurt him, but he would recover. And then in the second round, he somehow must have heard um, Bisping, and he said uh, something like, oh, yeah, he said, uh, yeah, Dwight Grant keeps landing that overhand right, and then a second later, Dwight Grant throws an overhand right, and it rocks Hill, and then he follows it up this time with a left hook, and plummets this dude into like the canvas just a total knockout um like this dude was uh, completely out cold really nasty finish he scored a contract for that one next fight we had ryan span uh, defeat emiliano sordi in the first round uh i believe he uh, rocked sordi and was able to sink in a, a guillotine uh right away uh unfortunately oh no no this guy got the, this guy got the contract too this was probably uh oh wait is sorty the bit no 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 okay that was the next fight um so yeah i don't this fight didn't wasn't really too memorable it was so it was so quick but um i remember i, I remember seeing the choke and saying that it was locked in right away it was a pretty nasty choke this sorty guy looked really out of out of sorts <laughs> um but uh yeah span got a contract for that one uh, the next fight, we had Austin Springer taking on uh, Giga Chikadze. Uh Chikadze is a really great kickboxer, and he's making his way over to MMA. And he was uh, you know, pretty much getting the better of the uh, kickboxing exchanges on the feet in this fight. Pretty much the entire fight was uh, on the feet, um, except, except for the occasional takedown by Austin Springer. Uh, there was actually a couple scrambles in the first round. No takedowns, but scrambles that landed up on the ground where Springer... Uh, was on top of uh, uh, Chikese 
for about two minutes at the end of the round. Didn't really do that much damage, but uh, he was still on top. So it was a pretty close round, but probably uh, Chikadze's round. The next round, Austin Springer was able to secure takedowns most of the most of the round and uh, win that round. And the same thing was happening in the third. He secured the takedown and was on his way to winning, but he really chased the finish. Uh, with 50 seconds left, he uh, secured a, a rear naked choke after some really good ground and pound. And... Um, basically uh unfortunately didn't get a contract he was the only guy on this card to not get a contract there's five fights dana usually gives out one or two contracts he gave out four this time i mean this guy had a really gritty win. it was a t it was a gonna be a close on the scorecards and this guy went after it in the third round and uh, secured the finish so it's not the end for austin springer the ufc has it has his digits you know if anybody falls through in the the featherweight division i can e easily see these guys uh of the ufc giving him a call and um him jumping in there in the next fight we had anthony hernandez taking on jordan wright uh anthony hernandez won by knockout 40 seconds into the fight this jordan wright guy looks like a big like baby like like they're talking about how he was like from la and his parents paid uh for all of his training and stuff like that and like he was like a pretty boy and like he was bouncing around the cage all goofy looking and throwing spinning back kicks and they're like yeah this anthony hernandez guy is like from the hood and he's got covering tattoos he's mean looking and he uh this this right guy's bouncing around bouncing around throwing all these flashy kicks and then hernandez closes the distance throws one punch and Wright looks like he's already on Queer Street. Dance like he's already like a little uh a little lanky legged and uh Anthony Hernandez finishes him off with another uh punch that uh puts him on the canvas and then he lands a huge hammer fist that knocks him stiff and so pretty impressive knockout from Anthony Hernandez. Uh crazy story. His uh his dad died really recently and you know, he was really like crying after the wins and uh, everything like that so pretty uh pretty good story for him and he got a contract and in the main event we had matt sales defeating yazan haji uh by uh tko in the first round a minute and 57 seconds in uh so this haji guy is apparently a kickboxer and this matt sales is just a well-rounded mma fighter and uh the 30 seconds in the fight matt sales has already landed punches there really stunning Haji and Haji starts looking for takedowns and Bisping is saying something like you know if this world-class kickboxer is going for takedowns right now he didn't really like what he just saw on the feet and they separate from the takedowns and uh, rocks him again you know he's you know surviving and uh rocks him again drops him and uh he is pretty much uh, pretty much just got beaten on the canvas for a good 30 seconds you know he was getting you know punched and moving and trying to cover up but not really doing not really having too uh, stellar defense because the ref had to stop step in and uh stop the fight so pretty impressive performance from matt sales and um you know, pretty amazing card on the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series. Um, you know, five finishes, uh, three in the first round, and then, uh, you know, the, the, the one, I mean, even if they weren't in the first round, I mean, come on, those, the, the come from behind win by Springer and the, the, the uh, incredible knockout by Grant. Really amazing card. It seems like this season, the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series is off to an amazing start. So uh, moving on, we are going to talk about the UFC card going down in Singapore. Uh, I was going to say Singapore. I don't even. It's oh, Kaling, Singapore. Okay, that's right. Singapore is a country. I thought um, I you know they don't, they usually have a city, but they're just calling this one Singapore. It's calling it's the whole freaking country. Um, the UFC is taking over. <clears throat> Pretty sure uh, the UFC and MMA is really popular in uh, Singapore and uh, South Asia. I mean, they have 1FC. They have uh, a lot of gyms over there. Tiger Muay Thai, Phuket top team. You know, obviously Thailand is close. Australia, big uh, China, big places for MMA. So I imagine this card is uh, going to be uh, pretty packed uh, in this arena. They're probably doing like a, a stadium size there. But as far as the card goes, unfortunately, it's not the most exciting card. Uh, a lot of a lot of low level matchups, a lot of low level fighters that are you know might be fighting for their contracts or don't really deserve to be in the UFC, honestly. And uh, so, unfortunately, not not too much excitement going on. 
the main card is is uh is is pretty good, you know. Um, it's maybe something you'd see uh, on FS1 or something like that, but uh, unfortunately, the all the prelim fights are aren't too exciting. And um, you know, I have a, a little bit of an analysis on uh, each one of them, and I'll talk about uh, the odds on each one of them as well. So uh, we're gonna uh, start off with the, a fight in the women's strawweight flyweight division. Excuse me, Ji Yoon Kim. Who is seven and one is taking on Melinda Fabian, who is four, three, and two. Okay, now this fight opened up at oh wait, that's right. This fight hasn't has no lines for some reason. There's thirteen fights in this card, and there's twelve lines on five dimes right now. Um, you know, I don't understand why this fight doesn't have odds. Uh, but you know, I'll be interested to see him. I I expect that uh, Ji Yun Kim will be a favorite, considering that Melinda Fabian is um, you know, pretty pretty low level. I mean, she's four four three and two. She got on uh tough. Like luckily, I I mean they were I think they were you know probably just looking for anybody who was coming in with a record, uh for you know that season of tough the flyweight season, uh was able to get on the tough finale and uh and drew with a woman by the name of Deanna Bennett. So she got one more chance in the UFC. It seems like and um. You know, uh, you know, don't know much about her skills or anything like that. Uh, but you know, Ji Yun Kim is not not very high level at all. Uh, her last fight against uh, Justine Kish, she was sort of gifted a decision. Um, you know, it was a pretty pretty close, low activity, typical women's fight with a lot of pushing on against the cage and you know sloppy takedowns and not much striking. So. Not really an unwinnable fight for uh, Melinda Fabian. It's I mean it's going to be another low level matchup again. It's going to be pretty similar to the the matchup we saw against Justine Kiss. So don't expect anything too exciting on this one. And uh, let's see the next fight we have Janelle Janelle Lausa, who is seven and four taking on Olka Sasaki. Now Sure Dogs Page has him still taking on. Uh, Ashra Makatarian, who was uh, unfortunately injured, and uh, Oka Sasaki f is filling in for him. Oka Sasaki is 25 and 2. Uh, his last fight, he suffered a loss against Juicier Formiga, um, you know, by a rear naked choke. Uh, it's kind of funny, this guy has a lot of wins by rear naked choke, and also a few losses by rear naked choke. So, um, four losses by rear naked choke. Um, so, uh, you know, it's they, I saw someone joking saying he's like you live by the rear naked choke or die by the rear naked choke. So you know, it's a good chance that this fight ends up on the floor. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Janelle Lossa got out grappled uh, and you know kind of wrestle fucked against uh, uh, his uh, past two UFC opponents who were uh, Magomed Biblatov and Eric Shelton. You know, pretty good competition. I mean, there's not much against, not much. Uh, you know. Not too bad uh, losses there, you know. I mean, Shelton, not the highest level, but Bibilatov is an incredibly t uh, tough uh, opponent to draw in your debut. He also has a win over a gentleman named Ya Suzaki, who is 2-4. and four. So, I mean, somehow that fight was in the UFC. There's a lot of gentlemen who are assigned to the UFC who somehow don't have U.S. visas or don't have European visas, and they only can really fight in uh, in um, South Asia. So the you know with UFC only going there once or twice a year, they only have one or two times uh, or two opportunities to fight a year. So a lot of these guys are kind of inactive, and I'll, I'll point that out with a few fighters on the card. Um, so uh, I believe this next gentleman in the next fight is uh, one who suffers from that. His name is Nioki Inoue, who is 11-0 and zero undefeated, taking on Matt Schnell, who is 10-4. So uh, in this fight, we have uh, Matt Schnell opened up at plus 125, and Nioki Inoue opened at minus 165. 
so the money has now come in on anyway, kind of betting him down a little bit more of a favorite uh, to minus 190 and Matt Schnell up to plus 165. Uh, I forgot to mention the odds in the last fight as well. Oka Sasaki is a minus 300 and um, Janelle Lausa is plus 250. Um, quick note on that one. Um, but uh, so back to the fight I was talking about, Matt Schnell versus Naoki anyway. So uh, a lot of people think there is uh, value on uh, Matt Schnell in this one. Matt Schnell is uh, an LFA champ and uh, defended his belt a few times uh, in LFA. Uh, so it's pretty pretty uh, strong competition, pretty good uh, regional promotion as we all know. And um, but uh, unfortunately, he was uh, you know kind of lured into a brawl in his first two UFC fights with Rob Font and Hector Sandoval. But uh, you know two uh, you know pretty heavy punchers, uh, guys who are typically brawl fighters. Um, but uh, was able to win a decision against Marco Bel- Beltran in his last fight. So um, you know uh, Naki Nioki anyway is a pretty good uh, wrestler and grapp- grappler. He was able to take uh, his last opponent down and uh, control him for the entire fight. That man's name was Carl's John De Thomas. And, uh, you know, he uh, got, got his back for every round of the fight, but was not able to uh, finish the fight somehow. Uh, and uh, won a decision 30-27. But, um, you know, I think that uh, that record of anyway is uh, a little bit a little bit padded, you know, not really facing the, the highest level of competition, um, which is a pretty, pretty common trend in this card. But um, so, uh, you know, the he might be a little bit overjuiced at mi- minus one ninety, and uh, a lot of people on uh, Sherdog are looking to, uh, towards Match now. So um, we will uh, we'll leave it at that and move on to the next fight on the card, which is Viviana Pereira, who is thirteen and one, taking on Zionai <laughs> Yan. Z- Z- yeah, I don't even. I'm not even gonna try it. But uh, Viviana Pereira, um, thirteen and one, you know. Very very legit. Uh, comes from comes from Brazil. Uh, pretty good uh, grappler. Uh, really short girl. Well, five, standing five foot. Um, she was uh, previously two and zero in the UFC, but uh, lost her last fight to Tatiana Suarez, who is, you know, just like really a uh, grappling standout. Kind of uh, you know maybe a future contender, uh, title contender. So really no shame in that loss there. Uh, you know, she's facing the same level of competition, you know, as she's beaten before. So uh, she is, uh, uh, you know, the deserve, the deserved favorite in this uh, fight. Uh, Viviana Pereira is at minus 165 right now. She opened at minus 230, though. So uh, it seems like uh, the money has come in a little bit on uh, Miss Yan's way. Uh, she, she opened at plus 170 is now bet down to plus 145 so i mean you know but these lines with these low level uh, women's matchups they're always going to be close like this and it's going to be hard uh, to pick a side on either one of them honestly i think that uh Pereira will should be able to uh you know get this fight to the ground and uh I, you know but uh uh, Zion Yan showed uh, good takedown defense and good striking in her in her UFC debut, so uh, you know it's it's going to be a, t- a tough task for uh, Pereira to get her down. So uh, I kind of kind of rescind that statement about saying Pereira should be able to get to the ground. You know that's definitely going to be her path, uh, but uh, it's definitely not a given. So uh, this should be a kickboxing match. Uh, you know with uh, maybe the negating of the takedowns. Uh, and, you know, Pereira not really known for her wrestling, just kind of a good, uh, you know, uh, submission grappler. But um, so, yeah, we're in for we're in for a kickboxing match in this one. Maybe a pretty low output. In the next fight, we have Shinya Anzai, who is ten and two, taking on Jake Matthews, who is thirteen and three. Jake Matthews opened up at this fight at minus four hundred. And uh, Shinyuan Anze opened up at plus 280. Um, this fight is now at minus 525 for Matthews, plus 415 for Anze. Uh, I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, Jake Matthews opening up at, at 80% implied probability and then, you know, getting bet down to somewhere near, you know, 80, 86%, 87% is just crazy. I mean, this dude was a uh, plus 300 underdog in his no 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 my, my mistake 
uh, let's see, he he closed at plus one ten. That's not even that bad. I I yeah I underestimated him, but uh, you know Jake Matthews is uh, you know was not really too uh, highly rated before that uh, the Lee Jing Lang uh, win he just uh, racked up. So pretty incredible that he's now five minus five twenty five. You know Shinya Anze though is probably gonna lose this fight. My man has really struggled with activity over the years. Uh, this is one of those guys who, again, is probably doesn't have a United States visa and has trouble getting fights uh, with the UFC. Like I said, they only visit South Asia, Japan a, a couple times a year, so he only has a couple opportunities. He fought once in two thousand or twice in two thousand fourteen, once in two thousand fifteen. Took all of two thousand sixteen off. One fight last year, and this is his first fight this year. So he uh, did uh, did win. Uh, he's two and one in the UFC with wins over Luke Jumu and uh, Roger Zapata. Uh, that fight was stopped via hand injury, apparently. So, uh, you know, his win over Luke Jamu is, you know, it's pretty, pretty impressive that he's, uh, Luke Jamu is, you know, has beaten, uh, you know, Daiichi Abe and, uh, Dominique Steele and, uh, is, you know, pr pretty decent fighter himself. So that's a, that's a pretty good win. But I mean, Jake Matthews is, uh, showed in his last fight that he is, uh, improving a, a lot. His wrestling looked very good. His striking looked very good. And, um... He's the deserving favorite in this fight, but nowhere near minus 525. It's actually almost a little bit, uh, there, there might be a little value on Anze at my, uh, plus 415 or, you know, his decision line or something like that. But, um, you know, man, these juice, these lines are really juiced. Um, so we're moving on to the next fight. We have Hector Aldana, who is 4-0, taking on Keenan Song, who is 12-3, uh, looking over at... Best fight odds. This fight opened up at Hector Adana plus one twenty five, Keenan Sung uh, minus one sixty five, and he is now Hector Adana plus two forty, Keenan Sung minus two eighty. So a lot of money has come in on Keenan Sung. Seems like the uh, the opening line might have been way off, honestly, uh, considering it got bet down uh, severely. Um, you know. Uh, Aldana is making his UFC debut. He went 1-1 uh, on the Ultimate Fighter. And uh, his wins, four wins, are over not-so-good competition. Um, one, of the, one of the two trends on this card is, you know, uh, the, the, the wins of some of these guys are kind of padded records, you know. They come over guys who have, you know, losing records or, you know, decent records. Um, not really too uh, good competition. So don't really take their undefeated records too seriously. And uh, Keenan was able to knock out Bobby Nash in his last fight. Uh, f first round, 15 seconds, just overhand right knockout. Uh, you know, Bobby Nash is a decent fighter, but is a pretty bad chin. And that was, uh, you know, his weakness, obviously, in his UFC tenure. Um, he's no longer in the UFC, but still a pretty impressive performance. But hard to, hard to make uh, a lot out of that, considering that it was his uh, UFC debut as well. So uh, not really too much uh, experience on uh, either one of these guys uh, in the UFC. So um, there's uh, uh, I'd, I'm not not gonna pick a, a side on which side of the line I think there's value on. In the next fight, we have Shane Young, who is 11 and four, taking on. Ronaldo Die, who is nine six and one. Now, run, uh, this fight opened at Shane Young minus one seventy five. Ronaldo Die plus one thirty five. So Shane Young is now minus one sixty five, and Ronaldo Die plus one forty five. Almost no movement on this line at all. Seems like it's capped pretty well, but. I don't know, man. I think there's a good amount of value on you know Shane Young here. Uh, Shane Young uh, was had a debut loss uh, to uh, Alexander Volkanovski. Uh, you know, just kind of got smothered by his wrestling in that fight. Volkanovski, as we know, though, is a really legit prospect. Uh, I mean, dude's. Uh, I mean, if he's not in the top fifteen already, he's on his way there. To, uh, I think he's I don't know four or five and zero in the UFC. But um, you know, his his wins aren't over too uh, stiff competition. But I mean. Ronaldo dies is is very very uh, bad fighter. Uh, I mean, I read a read up of him and said something like, 
he's he's he wants to stand and stand in front of you and just strike and he if you don't want to do the same he is almost confused or frustrated and doesn't know what to do and he's easily beat by you know like guys like uh alex caceres and uh, he even lost a decision to turutu ishihara um uh, somehow, you know, Ishihara was able to win the first round and then gassed out like he always does. And then um, Ronaldo Dai was able to win rounds two and three, but he uh, kicked uh, Ishihara uh, in the nuts and was deducted a point and lost the decision somehow. So pretty pretty crazy. Um, nine and six, pretty bad record. So uh, it seems like the either the uh, you know this is uh, Ronaldo Dai's way out. Um, of the UFC and uh, you know considering that he's uh, minus 165 he's, he's pretty pretty safe um, so uh, we're gonna move on to the next fight we have Felipe Arances who is 18 9 and 1 taking on Yadong Sung who is 11 and 3 so we have Felipe Arances who opened up at minus 175 and uh, Sung Yadong who opened at plus 135 Felipe Arances is now Minus one twenty, Song Yadong is plus one hundred. So, seems like uh, the money is coming in on Song Yadong. Uh, he this fight is almost uh, a pick'em, and you know minus one ten. And um, so we have uh, Felipe Arantes lost his last fight to uh, Josh Emmett. Was knocked down four times in that fight. He's really like reckless. Has a pretty bad low, uh, pretty bad fight IQ. And, um, you know, his uh, other fight in the UFC was against Eric Perez and uh, had him in some trouble early with uh, a knee bar or a heel hook, I can't remember. And uh, almost lo- lo- looked pretty deep, but uh, he uh, he actually did some damage in-, in-, in that fight too to Eric Perez. Eric Perez was limping, uh, and, you know, there was visible damage to his leg uh, after the submission attempt, but he was still able to come back and win the latter two rounds against Arantes and, uh, you know, was able to actually wrestle him, uh, you know, know, his knee was so jacked, wasn't really able to strike too well or be too mobile, but he was able to get takedowns and kind of just wrestle fuck him to a decision, so, you know, uh, pretty low, like I said, low fight IQ from Felipe Arantes. Uh, you know, even though he's a uh, brown belt in jiu-jitsu, he seems to be struggling a little bit um, with his uh, IQ. Considering you know, again, got knocked down four times uh, against Emmett. He's pretty pretty reckless. And um, so uh, Song Yadong uh, dropped and submitted Bahrat Kandri in his UFC debut. And uh, unfortunately, though the rest of his uh, UFC or the rest of his wins are against uh, lower level competition, uh, you know, like I said, guys losing records in something called WLL WLF Wars, some promotion in China. Um, so I mean, I can pick one of his yeah uh, one of his uh, uh, opponents re- former opponents record is six and four. So I mean, yeah, it's like you know, like I said. Low level competition, but um, let me see. Uh, check out the line on this fight again. So I mean, yeah, I would definitely not pick a side in this fight. And uh, but um, yeah, we're gonna move on to Peter Yan, who is eight and one, taking on Tarutu Ishihara, who is ten and five. Uh, man, I think uh, the UFC kind of wants Ishihara out of there. Um. It's kind of you know struggled in the UFC for the most part. He's three and three and one. Uh, lost his last fight against Jose Alberto Quinoez, uh, UFC two twenty one. Uh, last winner was over Ronaldo Dai, the gentleman we were previously talking about. Also lost to Gray Maynard and Artem Lobov. He is a uh, you know he's a pretty uh, I wouldn't say decent striker, but yeah, decent striker for one round. Okay, he's uh. Uh, he got pretty bad cardio. Re- really tends to gas out later in his fights, and uh, you know, on the other hand, uh, Peter Yan, he's a uh, pretty high level Russian flyweight. The dude uh, was competing over in UFC uh, a- ACB in Russia, defeating pretty high level competition. He trains with really good camp Tiger Muay Thai guys like uh, Marybeth Tysonov trained there uh, in uh, Thailand, and you know, I'm pretty sure they have locations in Singapore too. 
So uh, he and uh, the guy, like I said, he's eight and one. He avenged his only loss to uh, Magomed Magomedov. Did, I, did you hear that? Magomed Magomedov. That's the gentleman's name. He's a Russian prospect who's uh, honestly likely to be seen in the UFC uh, pretty soon. But uh, Peter Yan uh, lost him earlier in his career, but then was able to avenge that decision. So, guy's beaten every fighter he's uh, faced, and uh, he's a pr- pretty, like I said, uh, high level, high level guy. So, uh, I mean, he uh, the line in this fight, he uh, Peter Yan opened at minus three fifty to Ishihara at plus two fifty, and uh, Peter Yan got bet all the way down to minus four seventy five. Now. I was kind of criticizing uh, Jake Matthews being minus 525, but this is a way more deserving spot of a, of a line this steep. So for parlays, uh, you know, uh, Peter Yan's a pretty safe bet, and I actually really like uh, Peter Yan and Shane Young parlay. Um, so uh, we're going to move on to the main card. And did I mention that this card starts at 3.30 in the morning? Um, because it does 3:30 in the morning Eastern time. Uh, the main card comes on at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, I don't even know what I'm gonna do to watch this shit. Um, we'll we'll haven't haven't planned that uh, far out yet. But in the main card we have Daiichi Abe uh, taking on uh, Lee Jingling. Daiichi Abe six and one. Lee Jingling is. 14 and 5. Uh, you know, Lee Jilin is a pretty powerful uh, striker. I mean, we've seen this dude in the UFC for a good amount of time. Uh, you know, his record is uh, 6 and 3, but I mean, the dude is, uh, he's scored four knockouts, was on a four fight win streak coming into his last fight before, like we said, Jake Matthews stopped him. You know, pretty funny thing about these uh, these Asian cards and South Asian cards and uh you know, a lot like like we've like we've seen is uh, we're mentioning the same guys because they're the same fighters fight on these the same like local cards and you know they're just kind of cycling around. So we've uh, mentioned the um, you know s- several fighters fighting other opponents on the card. It's kind of funny. But so yeah, Lee Jingling losing his last fight to Jake Matthews, kind of a, an upset loss. Um, a lot of people were uh, really confident in uh, Lee Jingling, including myself. And was pretty bitter when I lost uh, money on him. So uh, Daiichi Abe uh, lost his last fight to uh, Lucha Mo. Uh, he won the first round uh, and looked good. But, I mean, the dude gassed hard and lost the decision. And uh, was able to win a UFC de- or a decision in his UFC debut over Hyung Kyung Lim. Hun Gyu Lim. Sorry. Sorry, Mr. Lim. I uh, know you're listening. Um so uh you know this fight is uh let's see what the lines opened up at we had lee jingling at minus 340 daiji a plus 240 seems pretty justified because the line has not moved much lee jingling minus 340 yeah daiji a the plus 280 so a little bit of money coming in on uh uh jingling making him a little bit more of a favorite but i think people are a little bit uh hesitant on him considering he kind of flopped in his last fight and, uh, you know, Daiichi Abe is, uh, there might even be a little bit of value on that gentleman at plus 280. And in the next fight, we have Jessica I, who is 12 and 6, taking on Jessica Rose Clark, who is 9 and 4. Jessica versus Jessica. Uh, the winner of this fight will be the better Jessica. So, um, Jessica Rose Clark, uh, she uh, won her first two UFC fights against Beck Rawlings and Paige Van Zant. Uh, Paige Van Zant fight. She won the first two rounds pretty clearly. Uh, was able to you know take Paige Van Zant down and win rounds on the ground, but kind of just took the third round off. I don't know if she gasped out or just thought she had the first two rounds in the bag and didn't care. But she lost the third round to PVZ and actually got uh, you know you know tagged up on the feet with some kicks and shit and the pvz like broke her arm in the first round it couldn't really throw any punches but she still won a round with like only kicks um so uh jessica i uh lost a stand-up battle to uh kalindra faria in her last fight but was able to adjust and make some take get some takedowns and uh, ended up winning this a decision uh, that was her first win in six fights. So, uh, I mean, this fight is, uh, uh, I'd say mid-level. Mid-level women's MMA. Uh, like I said, Jessica has, you know, obviously been struggling a lot lately. She typically finds a way to lose herself a fight that she's winning or just look hopeless. So, uh, let's see. The lines opened up at 
Jessica Rose Clark minus 170, Jessica I plus 130. And uh, it seems like money has come in on uh, Jessica I. She's plus 110 right now to Rose Clark at minus 130. So Rose Clark's still the favorite. Uh, I'd imagine, she, I, I mean, I think that's deserving uh, considering she's just looked better recently in the UFC. And eyes uh, really struggled, but um, you know I think this fight is in for we're in for like a wrestling scramble match with some you know head and arm throws and sloppy takedowns and cage control and it shouldn't be on the main card, but uh, oh well. Um, uh, let's see, we're just gonna we're just gonna move on with that. Um, so uh, next fight is uh, one uh, one of the better fights of the of the night. We have in the co-main event, Ovin St. Prue, who is 22-11, taking on Tyson Pedro, who is 7-1. Ovin St. Prue and Tyson Pedro opened at minus 120, minus 120 in this fight. So this fight opened up at evens. And uh, somehow, uh, someone must have dropped a nuke on my man Pedro, uh, Tyson Pedro. Because uh, Ovin St. Prue was all the way up to plus 140, plus 145, which is where I bet him at. Um, so, uh, and uh, he's all the way down to plus 105 now. So the money has come back on uh, Tyson Pedro, or uh, to Ovin St. Prue, excuse me. Um, but uh, so it seems like I got him at a good time. Pretty happy with that. Think he's gonna think he's gonna win this fight. I mean, Tyson Pedro uh, is a really powerful, explosive striker. Uh, all of his wins are first round finishes and knockouts and submissions. Uh, he's you know, but he's only in the UFCs. He's, he's uh, three and one. He's he's knocked out and, or finished uh, Cleo Roundtree, Paul Craig, and Saperbek Safarov. Uh, I didn't even write down Safarov's name. I remember that his first name was Saparek. Um, but it, yeah, so these guys are not that good. So, uh, so I mean, the wins over them don't hold much uh, weight in my mind. But I think they did in the odds makers' minds because minus one twenty. That's a that's a good. Well, whoever dropped the I, I went shouldn't say the odds makers because they set the the line very good at minus one twenty, minus one twenty. Uh, whoever dropped the nuke on on Tyson Pedro to make uh, uh, Ovin St. Prue go up to plus 140, I question whoever that was. Because uh, I mean, OSP is uh, you know he's uh, you know a little bit shiny. He's gotten he's gotten KO'd by uh, Vulcan, and uh, let me let me tell you who else who else is KO'd my man. Um, let's see. Ira Latifi, that's right. He uh, his last fight, he was rocked by Ira Latifi and, uh, and then choked after that. But dude, he was on he was on Queer Street. Volkan Ozdemir didn't knock him out, by the way. Jimmy Manoa knocked him out. Um, so uh, let's see. So yeah, so he, those were his only knockouts, though. So he's only uh, you know he. Uh, I'm sure he got rocked in the Volkan Ozdemir fight, though. It doesn't really ring a bell in my mind. But uh, so you know he's gotten basically knocked out twice in the UFC. Uh, I'll count his last fight as a knockout because he was, like I said, on his way to being knocked out before he got choked out. Um, so, I'm, but I mean, I trust, I trust the dude. He was uh, lost the first two rounds against Corey Anderson and was getting wrestled, uh, you know, getting wrestle fucked, and he ended up coming back for it with a head kick knockout in the third round. Uh, you know, he's got really good submissions. Obviously, he's got a ton of uh, Von Flew chokes in the UFC, three of them. He uh, also has got a couple knockouts. He's got a little bit of power in his hands. Uh, so I think that if Tyson, he's able to weather the storm, which I think he's smart enough of a fighter to weather the storm and not get knocked out in round one, um, even though, you know, that, that is what happened in his last fight. Um, uh, like I said, I, I, I don't know. I think, I mean, Ira Latifi's good. He's, he's good. I was betting on Latifi in that fight, and... Um, I don't. I don't know why I saw that one going for him. I don't. I really don't know, and I, I don't know why I see this one going for Saint Prue. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, I'm pretty sure he's gonna get it done. I'm pretty sure he's he's gonna either finish Pedro uh, on the ground in the second or third, or coast his way to a decision, winning this uh, second and third rounds. But I mean, a little bit of a hedge might be Pedro round one. I don't know. It'll probably be like terrible, terrible price. I can actually check right now uh, what the price on that's gonna be. Um, for like a little bit of a head, I don't, I don't really hedge bets, you know. I kind of just, I kind of, I stick with my guns. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll humor myself by looking at this. I don't even know if they would release props for this fight yet, uh, or for this card yet. Excuse me. Um, so we are. Oh, they did. Um, let's see. 
Tyson Pedro in round one is plus two seventy five. All right, that's not that's a lot better than I thought. So yeah, we might 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 hedge a little bit. Um, who knows? We can also live bet the fight too. So if Pedro win, comes out winning round one, and we know that he's gonna gas gas out like he did against Erlotifi, um, and uh, we should be able to get uh, Saint Pru at a good price. So we'll we'll see. I believe Five Dimes offers live bets for the main card of Fight Pass, but they do not for any of the prelims. So. Uh, I doubt I'll be waking up for the first nine fights uh, at 3.30 in the morning. But Which brings us to the main event of the evening. We have Donald Cerrone. He was 13 and excuse me 33 and 10 taking on leon edwards who's 15 and 3 we had this fight open up at donald cerrone minus 155 leon edwards plus 115 uh man i feel bad for the guy who bet donald cerrone that donald cerrone is bet all the way up to plus 175 right now so the line not only switched but it it turned leon edwards into a pretty moderate favorite at minus 210 so massive amount of money coming in on Leon Edwards. People are doubting the Cowboy like they always do, like I did in his last fight. Uh, I thought I thought that he, uh, I don't know, I, I guess I thought that Yancy Medeiros was going was gonna to catch that chin in a brawl, but um, I don't know, that was kind of stupid. But uh, so, uh, Donald Cerrone, I believe, is going to be able to win this fight. Leon Edwards uh, was a kickboxer originally, but after getting kind of destroyed on the ground by Kamaru Usman earlier in his career. He kind of switched up his game plan and started uh, wrestling a lot more in his fights. He uh, took Albert Chumanov down, the powerful Russian boxer, and was able to control him on the ground and eventually submit him. He was able to con uh, take down the powerful uh, striker and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, brown belt only. Damn, it would have been cool if it was a black belt. Um, but he's Brazilian regardless. Um... Actually, he was born in New Jersey. But regardless, regardless. Um, so, uh, Leon Edwards uh, also uh, beat Brian Barberina by decision and uh, knocked out or TKO Peter Sabata. Uh, basically, he beat Sabata by decision. That fight that fight should not have been stopped. Um, the fight had one second left, and uh, the you know Leon didn't even throw any strikes. Peter Sabata just like rolled over and the ref stopped it. Um so you know, uh Leon Edwards he's a he's a good grappler. He's uh, got some good good ground and pound. Um uh he's got five like I said, five wins in a row over some pretty good competition. But uh Cerrone is gonna be the uh, the much better striker, I believe. Uh and you know, we've seen Cerrone with a great uh some great takedowns, great takedown defense. Uh, you know, he's great off his back. Like we all know he's got good uh, good submissions, triangles, arm bars. We saw him submit uh the bigger uh the bigger guy, Alex Oliveira with the triangle last time he was uh somebody tried taking him down. So uh, I don't know, I feel confident in Cerrone in this one. Is it possible that he gets overwhelmed and, you know, uh, you know, the brakes beat off him by ground and pound with some powerful wrestling? It's possible, yeah. I don't think it's likely, um, obviously, considering that uh, I bet on him. Uh, plus 170, though. I mean, come on. There's no way that Donald Cerrone should be plus 170 to Leon Edwards, who's not really not really proven enough to warrant that minus 210. So anybody who's, who bet on Edwards from, you know, minus 150 on to plus 210, I think that's crazy. Or, I mean, uh, minus 210, excuse me. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, so... I don't know. I kind of, I, I, really capped the fight as Cerrone as a favorite. I mean, I kind of agree more with the, uh, more with the opener. So, interesting to see that so many people are betting on Leon Edwards. Uh, there's like this, this rumor of UK fans that bet a lot, uh, and they always bet on UK fighters. It happened with Darren Till, and it happened. It's happening now with Leon Edwards. So that could be, that could be a, a factor here. Uh, but you know that's that's an uh, ex external thinking going on there. So uh, that's gonna wrap up this card. Like I said, it starts at eight. The main card starts at eight a.m. The prelims start at three thirty a.m. on Saturday, June twenty third, from Singapore. So uh, hopefully, I'll be able to tune in for the main card. But unfortunately, I don't see myself getting up for the nine fights before that. 
Uh, hopefully I'll catch them later in the day. Uh, who knows though? Maybe I'll stay up all night and watch them if I really want to. Um, regardless, a uh, pretty average card. You know, like I said, it's a Singapore Fight Night card. Don't really expect much. Unfortunately, it's the uh, one UFC event in four weeks. You know, uh, that we had an event on June 9th. We have an event on July 6th, and this is the only thing we have in between then. So. It's uh, definitely a good little tide tied me over, considering we got the contender series going on. Considering we got PFL going on, I'm sure I'm pretty sure there's Bellator on Friday too. Uh, let me see Bellator. Um, you know that doesn't really that doesn't June 29th, so that's the next one or next week, excuse me. So the PFL going down tomorrow night, Thursday. June 21st is headlined by Luis Firmino taking on Will Brooks. Uh, you know, pretty interesting matchup. Uh, this is Will Brooks's first fight uh, since getting cut from the UFC after losing three fights in a row to Alex Oliveira, Charles Oliveira, and Nick Lance. Um, pretty, pretty bad loss against Nick Lance was winning the fight and kind of just stuck his head into a guillotine. He got choked out, but uh, Luis Firmino is a pretty pretty crazy brawler. Had a pretty insane fight with uh, Gaethje a few years back, and they actually offer lines on these fights. Uh, um, let's see, uh, there's not really not really much movement on the lines though. Uh, they just they just were released today, the day before the fight. Uh, Will Brooks is a gigantic favorite, minus three eighty. Honestly, I don't understand how you can. Say he's a minus three eighty favorite when the dude looks like shit in his last three fights. Um, so I mean, Luis Firmino. If you don't even know the dude, it's worth a blind bet. I'm telling you, Will Brooks stinks, and he should not be minus three eighty. Uh, we also, I mean, a lot of a lot of UFC uh, vets on this card. Vinny Magalhaes is fighting MMA in this one. Hopefully, he'll be able to get away. And he kind of struggles with MMA, but he's an amazing jujitsu guy. Um, Chris Wade is a, a UFC vet. Thiago Thiago Tavares is a UFC vet. Um, Honey Marks taking on Sean O'Connell. Both of them are UFC vets. There's actually lines on that fight. Uh, Honey Marks is a massive favorite, minus three sixty five. Uh, another pair of uh, UFC um, veterans, Jason High taking on Efrain Esquadero. Uh, Jason High opened as a li um, little baby favorite and got bet down to a pretty big favorite. Um, Ramsey Najem is taking on Brian Foster in this one. Uh, Brian Foster is the uh, pretty pretty big favorite as well. Um, so you know, I might I might watch these fights. I mean, there's some like I said, there's some good names on them, and it'll, it's worth the uh, entertainment on a Thursday night. Uh, when we're in this kind of little bit of a drought of uh, big name UFC events, uh, but luckily the pay per view goes down in uh, I don't know two or a uh, little over two weeks. Um, UFC two twenty six. It's going to be a big one. And uh, but I believe that's going to wrap it up uh, for this week on Martian MMA. We talked about the past two Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender series. Uh, week three, there's not really much going on. Uh, it's headlined by Antonio Chev Antonio Anton Antonia. I don't even know how to say her first name. Shevchenko, Valentina Shevchenko's sister. And uh, we talked about UFC Singapore. Talked a little bit about PFL. And uh, we're uh, you know a little bit excited for the main card. I like I said, I have uh, I'm a little bit of uh, action on a Peter Yan and and. Shane Young parlay, uh, and then also have a unit on uh, Open St. Prue, half unit on Don Cerrone, and I uh, believe that is all of me. Uh, let me check any other wagers. Uh, Matt Schnell as well. Matt Schnell to be uh, Naoki anyway. So that's going to wrap up episode 23 of Martian MMA. I thank you all for tuning in. And ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, aliens, Martians, any conscious being tuning into the podcast, I will catch you guys before UFC 226. Peace.